And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. It is Sunday night, it's showtime, Matt, what's what's not to love? What's not to love? Well, it means we, we can't play Avengers. Yeah, I know, right? I've, uh, I, I have played a, a woeful little of Avengers, but I was sure to try and get back in it uh, before we started the show. It's funny, you know, that game, it, uh, it kind of lulls you into a full sense of what the game is going to be at first, where it's like, oh, here, you're switching back and forth. Okay, now you're Miss Marvel and you're doing, you know, this platformy thing. Then it's like, okay, now, only like two hours in, now you're in the mission structure you're going to be in probably for the rest of the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Still not to say I'm not enjoying it. I'm definitely enjoying it. Yeah, I finished the the storyline or, like, the single-player portion of the storyline, uh, which is a big chunk of the campaign, uh, was it yesterday, a day before? Because um, I got the 72-hour early access. Ah, that's right, you did. You got a head start. Um, and, yeah, it, I really enjoyed the story. Yeah, the story's pretty solid there. I love that they make Kamala Khan Miss Marvel the pov character because i know somewhere out there there's some shit swilling racist who's really really upset <laughs> that he spent hundreds of dollars on this new avengers game and you had to play as the fun muslim teen ha 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 <laughs> for a bulk of the game everyone i played so far uh feels really great uh actually traversing with miss marvel and her rubberiness is awesome barreling through shit as the hulk also feels awesome that's really cool i iron man's flight could do to uh, be a little bit faster, which I think it's there might be an upgrade for. I'm, I'm, I think there might be an upgrade for, but he's a bit slow. Thor is a bit slow as well with the mm. throwing Mjolnir flying and whatnot. I like uh, everyone has, uh, what is it, a ranged option and a melee option, <laughs> and all I could think is like, man, this would be really good for Hawkeye. Oh, we're getting a uh, Hawkeye Kate Bishop right on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it leads as well to like, you can like, customize like the builds and stuff as well mm. so like like for, for me because i've got the game on pc and playstation 4 on right. playstation 4 i am um i'm maining captain america and nice. i i've made him a range captain america because his shield is is an absolutely fucking steamroller that feels great too to throw the shield the fact that that he almost plays a little like Arkham is what he plays mm -hmm. as, because you gotta mm -hmm. be dodging and quick on your feet, and you can do all those fun takedowns and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they all feel unique, and yet also not to the point where it's like, oh, I prefer one character over the other. It's like, no, I actually enjoy getting to play all of them. Mm -hmm. They're all really good. Yeah, there's not one character. I'm like, oh, this fucking person. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm super excited, too, because you know they'll eventually be patching in frickin' uh, Black Panther and Winter Soldier and all these other characters. Yeah, yeah, well, we're getting Kate and Clint. I think we get Kate at the end of October and then Clint in November, and they obviously continue the the uh, the story and everything. But, yeah, I'm looking forward not also to, to heroes but also villains because there's villains that are hinted at throughout the iconic missions that you do that... Uh, it's very obvious they're going to be putting them in to continue those iconic missions. Yeah, I, I did the, uh, what is it, the Abomination boss fight. And I'm like, hey, how many more uh, boss fights are on this one, I wonder? I know at the, at the start of the game there's seven, seven bosses? Yeah, and there's Abomination Taskmaster. Um, they count... I'm not going to spoil who else they count. Okay, yeah. Um, but then there's yet. two also that are like... Um, like aim like super robot sort of things right okay yeah the ruby weapon you got to fight the ruby weapon from final <laughs> fantasy which they could do because square enix <laughs> 
That's the crossover we need. Avengers Final Fantasy. When is that going to happen that you have to actually fight secret bosses from Final Fantasy? I'm surprised we haven't gotten an armor for for cuz like Square Enix love doing that. They like like putting in like, "Oh, I get a Final Fantasy Chocobo, you know, yeah. vehicle or something." Or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm digging the game. Is it a transparent games as a service? Yeah, but I never gave a shit about Destiny or any of those other games in this same genre. I do give a shit about Avengers, so gimme gimme the Avengers, please. Also, what a lot of people seem to be, I think they're just willfully ignoring it, is the fact Mm. that you don't actually have to spend a cent to get anything in the game. You can grind it out on the challenge cards, and even on those challenge cards, if you fulfill all the challenge cards, you can use the coins in that to buy the next characters. Right, right. Well, I mean, it helps, Matt, that, you know, you and I are gifted with, what is it, uh, what is it, fortitude on this one. I know for some people out there who are already fucking gambling addicts, this shit's just like, hey, man, just have a little, just have a little taste. Come on, man, just have a little, have a little. Which must suck. Like, if I was like that, I probably wouldn't play video games anymore. No, no. Just for that reason. But yeah, Avengers is dope. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. We'll have to work out a time we can play now that i'm like mm. far enough into the game and everything absolutely i'm trying not to get because i um because i finished the story of ps4 I'm, i haven't really played much of the story on pc so i've gone straight mm. into the, the war zones and everything i'm trying not to get too too far ahead of you in terms of leveling right right just to make it totally unfair uh but yeah it's good stuff mm. Uh, have you, again, on the PC version, or I should say on the console version, did you run into any technical problems? Because I know some people in my feed were complaining about technical problems, and I ran into some on the uh, PC version. On the PC one, I've, I've had the game crash twice. Um, really? Because okay, it hasn't be- been that bad for me. Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, how, because I know one time was, like, I, I, I don't know, there might have just been too much shit happening on the screen at once. Impossible. Um, but the second time it just like crashed like and i was like halfway through a fucking harm mission yikes and p uh ps4 i think like the odd like like just glitch like a character falls through the floor or something <laughs> like that that's about it on that but yeah i they these are the sorts of things that are expected of it should they be fixed absolutely but you, you got to expect them for a live game <laughs> There, uh, there was one I wish I was filming. I was going to stream it from the very beginning, but I was just like, oh, come on, man, let me play. Where, uh, like, Kamala's hair was just freaking the fuck out during the convention <laughs> scene. I got, I got like, one on that where, where she turned bald when um, she got infected by the Terrigen or something. And, oh, is that like, was it, is that like, because so, it's it almost like it was meant to happen. Like, oh, yeah, she got a, infected by the Terrigen and all her hair fell out before she fell into the cocoon. Geez, we're doing real body horror stuff now, guys. Wow, didn't see that coming. Oh, no, wait, that wasn't supposed to be? Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I was not surprised. I was surprised, too. Uh, soundtrack for the game is pretty solid. They actually use, like, some real music and shit. Licensed music, which is really surprising. And very indicative, too, of the Avengers movies, because you think all Marvel movies now, they have pretty fucking good soundtracks. Mm, yeah. So that's, uh, that's pretty good. So, yeah, we'll definitely be playing more of that and definitely be talking more of that for a while because I imagine this game is going to use the Destiny model and that is just when you think they're done, oh, here's a new update, here's a new expansion, here's this, that, and the other. I saw someone say that um, the uh, 
the the thing the game needs the most is its own taken king which is like the big expansion that i think destiny one had which was like mm. the one that like kind of changed it and made it actually really fun to play and everything yeah yeah which i mean that's i guess that's just the way these things work now where it's like okay here's the game enjoy it learn it and then we'll put out a big uh, you know dlc that <laughs> changes it yeah yeah and we'll go from there uh alrighty then so i guess from there we can hop into the other news from this week obviously we had to have a good chance there to talk about avengers because i know usually when i ask matt hey what did you do with your week i know what we did because we did the same thing <laughs> we got we got all avengers up is what we did i uh i guess another reason too i wasn't able to play as much as you is because i took some time to watch the aew special i was just describing that to matt before we started the two guys who almost broke their necks <laughs> within moments of each other yeah yeah and someone's just complaining about buffering problems it's not on our end the stream is in the green it's on your end just reload the stream yeah you're you're crystal clear i've been sitting here watching the yeah. stream too and it's actually fine normally i would agree normally sometimes it buffs and pings and stops on my end but here it's actually working yeah uh, okay well that's good i'm glad it's uh, i'm glad it's not our fault for once i'm so used <laughs> to it normally being our fault uh all right so what else did we have going on here oh so from the happy news of the fun video game we've been enjoying while trapped inside and not allowed to go anywhere else and do anything else <laughs> while we get fat off fast food and everything else because fuck being on a diet during this time some more dark dark news uh came down the pipeline that i don't think anyone was expecting because it happened within really close proximity of each other but uh batman and black adam both have corona now robert pattinson and Dwayne the johnson the rock have uh bring coronavirus now fucking yikes yeah yeah pattinson got it like literally the day they started refilming the batman they just started up and he like just immediately caught it that's fucking rough and that's also like we're all gonna have to ask ourselves now as you know fans and consumers and followers of media where it's like hey is it right to let these mega entertainment companies throw their actors into the fire for the chance to make more of your dollars when it's very clear that it's not safe still? Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. But, like, like some things have actually been filming for quite a while now. And, yeah. like, like I think, like, Mission Impossible has. And that's, that's going completely fine. And then there's, like, a bunch of TV that's going completely fine. And then you get, like, stuff like this where it's just, like, almost immediately, like like someone catches it like instantly and, and again like you know it's human nature to want to point fingers right here but the fact is where it's like well anyone could get it and that's the fucked up thing about it that's why we should all still be inside until it blows over <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it's it's definitely it's it's scary as well because it's like i imagine they they probably i like like many people don't think oh it's you know it's not going to be anywhere near my area and, and uh, anywhere in this area and then suddenly it's there you know, I, I think it's getting to the point, and again, I, I apologize to our American friends and followers out there, where in other countries it's like, no, nah, we got this under control, it's cool, we can relax now, but Corona's like, no, nah, you can't relax yet, motherfucker. <laughs> just, just when you sort of start easing back into it, it's like, oh, there's a big cluster over here. Yeah, like I'm eating out again, I actually, I, I gotta go pick up my glasses this week, I actually finally got that done, <laughs> and even still, I'm like, oh wow, you know, we're heading back to a bit of normalcy everything's fine now no we got batman and black adam motherfucker <laughs> you're not safe no one is safe the rocks one was kind of like 
like yeah of course he caught it because apparently like he was just like having heaps of people over to his house like family man I'm like surely like someone like the rock would be a bit smarter than that yeah as the chat is saying the legendary glasses for joel yeah i know lich lord chris i've literally been talking about it since this quarantine thing happened the last thing i did was i got my eyes tested They're like okay come in and pick it up and then the next day quarantine happened and it's been like four or five months later and i'm still talking about it <laughs> i got two pairs actually i got a black pair and i got a blue pair so that's good nice and I think, yeah, I'll probably have to try and pick those up this week. I will be sure to wear it on the show so you can see that I got them and that this this arc, this long-running anime arc of Joel and his glasses have come to a close. Was it worth it? Probably not. Man, remember that filler arc in the comic multiverse, Joel and his glasses? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, you know, I mean, heart go out to both of these dudes. That's just super fucked up. I mean... Like, they're both young and, you know, relatively young and relatively healthy. So, I mean, statistics are on their side in this one. But also, too, it's a random-ass disease. It's killed plenty of young, healthy people, too, with no prior conditions. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, just in like, like as you said, like, in the States alone, like, the amount of people it's killed. Mm-hmm. And you can get it again is the other thing. It's not like you get it and you can't get it again. Nah, you can get it multiple times. Yeah, this ain't chicken pox. No, no, it's not. That's the extra fucked up thing about it, where it's like, well, you know, I got it, so I can't catch it. No, you can. You can catch it multiple times. (laughs) And it's supposed to be just, like, incredibly painful, because it's that, like, respiratory shit. Yeah, yeah. Which was always my least favorite when I got sick, because I had, like, asthma when I was younger, and so it's just like that. I hate that feeling of, like, someone is sitting on your chest and you can't catch your breath. Yeah, it's very, very annoying and, yeah, scary. And also, too, we, we still don't know what it means, getting the virus now, what that can mean for your health in the future and everything. Some of the pictures I've seen of the lungs that they took out of people, I'm like, oh, that looks like hamburger meat. It did that to it. That's kind of the scary thing, considering how long it's been around as well. Like, like I know it's yeah. a couple of months, but like it's a, it's a world pandemic. You'd think someone mm-hmm. would have sorted something out like about it by now. I mean, I'm sure scientists and everything are working as hard as they can, but it's just like, how how do you get a handle on this that is so big and so changing? And then, then you get into leadership problems, too, where there's like a, a big proportion of people out there who are just like, well, maybe if we stick our fingers in our ears and close our eyes and pretend it's not happening, it'll stop happening. Yeah, and it doesn't help as well that some of those leaders also start listening to those people that say that it's yeah. like, oh, it's it, corona is caused by fucking 5g towers oh my <laughs> you know God, that, that bullshit there, that, well, there, there is no pandemic and it's all a, all a front oh, it's a false flag operation man in an internet filled with ridiculous ridiculous conspiracy theories i that 5g one makes me want to pull my fucking hair out I, it was really funny this this last week because there, there was like in in our big city in one of the big cities here that's it's under full lockdown it's the only state that's under full lockdown and um they had like this huge protest there and when i say huge i mean i think like 20 people turned out there, there was more police than there was mm. these people and they, they were banned they were trying to protest the masks and whatnot I think that was a like a concentrated effort because I know there was one in Germany, there was one here in Toronto. So yeah, they they had a big day. The paint chip eaters, they all got out in force, and it's like we say no more virus, we say it done now, and everyone's like, no, but it is though. Get the fuck home. 
like, like, what, what does your protest hope to hope to do? We are protesting the virus, and you are handling it, so it will go away. Not how it works, guys. It's, it's like our, works. our police were were uh, detaining them and just like putting masks on them and then sending them on their way. <laughs> I, I saw that guy. What is it? I think it was the police chief in that area. He was on TV and he yeah, basically yeah. said, like, hey, stop getting your information from the internet. Shut the fuck up and go home. Yes, yeah, these people are batshit insane. Yeah, which is the most Australian way to deal with a situation. You're all crazy. Go home. I love that guy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good shit. But, uh, yeah, so... There's your Batman and Black Adam news, everyone. Again, I can only assume this will set back production on these movies again, but it's like the production was already set back, and I mean, at least for the Batman, they straight up said, when's it coming out? We don't know. Question yeah, mark, question mark. Well, I think Matt Reeves said that he's he's going to film as much as he can that doesn't require Rob Pattinson, and the stuff that he right. can get away with, he's just going to use his uh, double, his body right, double. right. Um, and then obviously do like whatever he can with Rob once he's better. Right. Okay. Well, there's something for you, man. It's going to be a hell of a thing when we eventually go back and start watching all the movies and TV shows that were made during this unprecedented time period. And we're like, well, why was that? Oh, cause coronavirus. That's why it's going to be very strange seeing all these films that were made during this time. Yeah. Like it'll be fun to like try and point out like, Oh, there's a reason why these two aren't, you know that that close together now there's a reason why they're on yeah, the other yeah. side of the room and everything yeah why did why did everyone decide to wear masks at the end here why is everything shot reverse <laughs> shot why is everyone six feet away from each other oh <laughs> man you know what's the worst thing if you're working on like a pandemic virus movie if you were working on that now how fucked up would that be Oh, I'm sure there was probably a couple of pandemic movies in the works that just got immediately shelved. Or if you're like some unscrupulous people just immediately pushed out. Like I know at the start yeah. of the pandemic, there was heaps of those like low budget ones pushed out. Yeah, I saw that and I'm like, come on, guys, fucking come on. <laughs> you know, practice, practice a little, you know, fucking sense, but I guess not. Uh, now, speaking of things that have actually come back during the pandemic, they weren't filmed during it, but uh, came back because they were shot very close together. Uh, the Boys Season 2 uh, dropped uh, on the 4th, and uh, they came back with three new episodes that you could watch, and then the rest are going to be coming out episodically. And I hate that. I wanted to watch I them all at, all at once. I was getting ready as well. I was like, oh, it's coming out Friday. I'm going to watch all the episodes. Mm-hmm. Welcome, welcome to the new age of streaming, Matt, when everyone has a service and they all want to keep you for as long as possible so they know it's not smart to give you all the episodes at once. Again, they've learned from the Mandalorian. I love you, Mandalorian, but why the fuck did you have to <laughs> teach them your secret kung fu? <laughs> Actually, I'm using my Amazon now more than I ever did. I hooked it up on the PlayStation. I had Prime for, like buying comics and trades and shit there was a point where i'm like oh yeah they have tv shows don't they and like <laughs> documentaries and shit netflix doesn't have and i've actually been watching amazon a lot recently i watched that uh D, D documentary the dungeon master i'm like oh this is fun and i watched that uh image comic documentary <laughs> the image revolution yeah they got some good stuff on amazon prime they really really do uh so yeah, The Boys, uh, we watched the first three episodes. I'm going to come out and say it. I like these three episodes more than I liked the first three episodes of last season. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd agree I, with that. 
I think the show has really found its voice now. I think it's really found its direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, too, and I know we kind of talked about this at the end of season one, uh, I think that, you know, really just using the boys comic as a jumping off point and kind of, you know, setting its own course, but also still making reference to and still, you know, uh, thematically being connected to the boys comic, I think it's actually better served because the boys show, while still very much an action comedy, is not a farce. No, 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 it isn't. Like, they actually kind of want you to care about the characters, and you do. And, you know, obviously, Kimiko, the female, has a big, like, arc during this thing because, hey, they find her brother that was mentioned at the end of the previous season. And, you know, she is kind of torn between her loyalty to family and her loyalty to her new surrogate family and the boys. Yeah, not only that, her her brother is a soup terrorist who's, mm-hmm. who's, who the, uh, the Seven are gunning for. Yes, super villain as the Homelander <laughs> keeps demanding be put in. No, it's not super terrorist. It's super villain. Oh man, I love how unhinged Homelander is these these first three episodes. Like, oh yeah, like he he's just gone off the fucking deep end. <laughs> which which was totally true of him in the comics too. And also, man, this is Anthony Starr maybe his best performance. Like this is his star making turn right here. Oh, it's so good just like everything he does is so gross and so disgusting and just so like he makes your fucking skin crawl like when he reinserts himself back into the life of the woman he raped because of the child that they mm-hmm. have together and i'm like this motherfucker yeah and, and and i think like like one of the first scenes is him him uh fucking finding that that woman's uh uh, oh, uh the breast, bre- milk. breast milk and drinking it <laughs> Which, man, I bet you didn't think that he'd be Mother's Milk in this show and not the character <laughs> called Mother's Milk. Isn't it weird that they got the breast milk fetish in, but it's not for the character it was meant for? <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, we got Gus Frings in here, too, as the actual president of Vought, who was referenced in last season but not actually seen until right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's having a good turn as, like, villains in this and Mandalorian. He really is. Oh, yeah, apparently, you know, if you just want, like, a good kick-ass villain, you hire that motherfucker. <laughs> hey, he plays him well. He really, he really, really does. We get a little more backstory on Vought and, you know, why it is the way it is and everything. They don't they don't mention the Vietnam connection because Garth Ennis clearly didn't write the script. He's like, now let me explain how it all goes back to Vietnam. It can't always go back to Vietnam, Garth. Yes, it does. Well, I think they, they've changed it so that it goes back to World War II because they mention, um, like, Soldier, Soldier Boy, Boy and all that. Soldier Boy, who is actually going to be in the third season. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because uh, obviously season one was really more the DC XP characters. And here in season two, they're definitely referencing more of the Marvel centric ones. We had the daredevil stand in guy. We have storm. Uh, what is it? Not, uh, not Stormfront. That's a whole other thing, but yeah, we get, uh, more of the Marvel. Get, centric. Oh, they mentioned Gecko. Tech Knight. They get Gecko. Who was right, created Gecko. for the show. Yes. Who's a very cool. Who's that actor? Where have I seen him? I know I've seen him too. I just can't place him. He looks so familiar. Uh, oh, the chat is mentioning, too, The Deep. Yeah, well, they are doing crazy shit with The Deep that I never expected, where it's like, okay, you you make him the guy that you hang the whole sexual assault thing and the superhero community's depravity on, but then he keeps coming back, and I don't think they're trying to redeem him, no. but they are trying to see how far he can fall to where now he's getting tied up in, like, superhero Scientology. Yeah, and and the, the cool thing about The Deep is, as well, is, like, the guy's a complete fucking idiot. 
oh yeah he's so, so he doesn't like see like like this is very obviously a cult you know they're mm-hmm. gonna they're using you to like further their own agendas and everything oh, yeah. but you don't see that because you just want to go back onto the seven and be you know you know holding babies and you know uh, getting all the glory and whatnot mm-hmm. And he has a drug-fueled freakout where his gills <laughs> talk to him and his gills are voiced by Patton Oswalt. <laughs> Patton Oswalt, yeah. <laughs> Patton Oswalt is just having a fucking moment, isn't he, forgetting to be the voice of all these things. <laughs> First it was happy, and now he just keeps coming back and everything. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm liking this. I'm digging this. Also, too, something the show is doing that the comic never really got into until the very end, and that is the moral battle between Butcher and Huey, where they're both kind of like, you know, fighting for the soul of the boys and what their mission statement should be. Yeah, yeah. Carl Urban as Butcher, man, is so oh, good. Carl yeah. Urban is like God's gift to, like, fringe comic book properties. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's wonderful in every single way. He 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 you know, he's cool and he's, you know, suave and he's badass and everything, but then he'll say and do a thing and be like, Oh no wait, you're an asshole. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> he makes you love him and makes you hate him in uh in equal measure, and that's pretty freaking dope. Uh so, oh yeah, I, I meant to talk about it too. Stormfront, one of the new additions to the show where I'm like, Oh, oh, they made her a woman for this. Interesting. Stormfront was a guy in the original book. And, like, a straight-up, like, Nazi. Here, they're quickly peeling back the layer of being like, oh, she's a cool, fun riot girl. No, she's not. She's actually racist. No, she's not. She's this, that, and the other. And I'm like, oh, that's fun. You're, like, slowly revealing how horrible she is. Yeah, they keep all of that intact. And also, they're, they're doing, like, the... Like, with characters like Starlight and Queen Maeve and Stormfront now, they're doing the whole thing where of... um, I think Stormfront even references it where it's, like corporate feminism where it's like Mm. it's very fake and very you know you know how how do you do fellow kids and everything Mm. where she's not like that at all but these others are and she's calling them out on it and i thought that was pretty cool yeah for being corporately mandated again you know the show goes directions the comic never did and you know starlight story in general is one of the coolest things they've Mm -hmm. added here because none of that is in the book and yet here they give her so much to do and you know being a female celebrity and having to you know like duck and weave through all these pitfalls and everything and also still trying to help out Huey and everything and it's all it's all very good yeah yeah very good it's solid it's solid solid shit I'm, I'm digging it and, uh, I mean, Ennis clearly seems to enjoy it, too, even though they've changed a lot of his work, as he even went back and wrote another comic about the boys just because. <laughs> Which I haven't read that one yet. You have. I read the first issue, and it was it was definitely a Garth Ennis book. Of course it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's the boys, everyone, so far. Pretty solid uh, three episodes. Yeah, yeah. Solid three episodes. Interested to see where it goes. Ooh, ooh, I gotta mention this. Uh, Frenchie was wearing an elite Kenny Omega shirt in episode two. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, who's the fan here? Is the actor the fan or is the, uh, what is it, wardrobe mal- uh, wardrobe department the fan? <laughs> That's fucking cool. That's fucking cool. I love that. Uh, all right, what else do we have going on this week? Uh, oh, so here is some unexpected news. Uh, Batman the Joker Warzone, a collection of stories that I guess were meant to tie in to Joker War as it is going on now, will not be coming out alongside the book, will be coming out a little later, and why is this important? Well, apparently that John Ripley, Batwing, Batman story actually begins here in this. Yeah, yeah, again, repurposing 5G stuff. 
literally 100% this is, hey, we had this story already written, we had it already sticking around, and oh, I guess it's important now, guess we better come out with it. Mm-hmm. That is nuts. Also, still, why Why don't you just call it John Ripley's Batman prelude? Why are you connecting it to the Joker? Well, because I guess it, it takes place during. And it would probably sell very well if it was called, you know, True. Joker Warzone and not John Ridley's Batman. Yeah, John R- Ridley's Batman. Hey, remember this? Remember? Yeah, you remember. <laughs> I mean, that's cool, I guess, that, you know, we are going to get to see. And I guess this pretty much 100% confirms now that, yeah, yeah, it's Luke Fox. Yeah, it does. Which, hey, I'm down for that. I, I like Luke Fox. Did you see, uh, what is it, the old Luke Fox Batwing, like the issue one and two where he premiered, are like selling super high on eBay now? I did, yeah. That's fucking crazy. I still have my copy, but I don't know if I'd part with it also. I don't think <laughs> mine's a first edition. <laughs> yeah, I remember when we worked at Nerm Redacted, I pulled that book, and I'm like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, hey, Luke Fox, he should be interesting. He's connected to another hero. Batwing's a cool idea, but they've never really done much with him and when you think about it as well it kind of makes sense that he would start getting involved in this because like the joker has his father and is like that's true seemingly torturing him into making like weapons for him that's true i never thought of that matt but you're absolutely right uh lucius fox actually did end up playing a fairly sizable part all things considered in the war zone story mm-hmm. also was this was this maybe supposed to mean that joker war was supposed to be like was batman supposed to die at the end of this story maybe and luke take up the mantle was that supposed to be the idea see it kind of felt like that like especially with the last issue where he got like that talking to by alfred ghost alfred mm. like yeah, that yeah. that kind of like felt like it was building towards like this is his last hurrah as batman yeah where it's like it's okay bruce you don't have to live your life ruled by guilt anymore mm-hmm. which yeah that sounded very much like a, it's an okay to die story but also like hey well how come None of the Robins would take up his mantle. It's like, oh, well, I guess the Robins are busy with a lot of their own shit right now. So yeah. Luke just being the closest, he would take up the mantle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 kind of, yeah, the one who's maybe a bit more like, uh, what is it, uh, I guess, like, stable at the moment. <laughs> True. Yeah, I mean, you got guys who don't know who they are, guys who are having identity crises all over the place. Like, Damien apparently quit being Robin at the end of that Titans annual, that last one. Yeah, only because Batman found out what he was doing. Oh, is that the story? See, I couldn't even be that, bothered. Because that was it. hinted at in Batman Superman. Where, yes, yes, it was. And um, then after that, Batman went and confronted Damien about it, and I guess that's where it, le- it kind of led into that. Oh, well, you caught me, so I'm flipping the table and deciding I don't want to do it anymore. Pretty much, yeah. What a little shit, man. They really fucking assassinated Damien's character, (laughs) didn't they, over the last little bit? Also, thank you, Jojo Lion. Thank you. Remember when Damien was cool in Super Sons and, like, that Titans book, and it actually seemed like he was turning it around and becoming a much more likable character? Yeah, I don't know why this... this uh, Who was the writer on that? That was that Adam Glass guy that kind of changed everything yeah. and made him want him to run, like, a Guantanamo Bay uh, for supervillains. Like, I have no idea why that why they thought that was a good idea. Well, because it all happened at once, where it's like, okay, we're aging up John, we're canceling Super Sons, uh, we're kicking, uh, what is it, yeah, we're kicking Benjamin Percy off that Titans book. Okay, Damien's gonna be an asshole now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. 
very very strange then you got uh, Rick Grayson, who still thinks he's Rick Grayson, though apparently by the end of this story he will get his mind back, so that's cool. I think, like, next issue of the the Batman book, like, he's going to be in there as Nightwing, so yeah. Yeah, we've seen the art for that. Uh, what is it, apparently uh, Tim is Drake no more? Apparently he's back to just mm-hmm. being Robin now, not Red Robin, not nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of it is implied at the end of that Young Justice issue that he's going to be robin like as in robin yeah yeah do you think that was ben just being like hey everyone i'm done what i'm doing here let me leave you with something nice it was it absolutely was having read all of those issues it absolutely was that so i don't know why everyone was complaining it was very obvious he was going to go back to that because he never liked the drake name to begin with which is funny, the timing, where it's like, you know, did they just not care what Bendis was doing? Or like, hey, this actually lines up. Uh, Damien is stopping being Robin, so I guess Tim can be Robin again. Probably one of those, like, things like, oh, this writer's doing this, and this kind of fits in with this. If we just move it here and there, we can fit it all together. So, so weird. I uh, I wonder, who uh, what should Damien be next? I was kind of kicking this around on Twitter, because with him not being Robin, you could actually open up some interesting ideas for shit he could be. See, I'd like I'd like to see him like now that I guess like Batman's kind of reprimanded him in a way that made him quit being Robin. He mm. he, he maybe doesn't want to stop being doing this you know, Guantanamo Bay stuff. I could see him <laughs> maybe going back to his mother and the League yeah. of League of Shadows. That would be cool. And then you have a book instead of Batman and Robin. It's Damien and Talia. Yeah. Make that a mini series. Uh, hell, remember he had a cousin who had, like, an Oni gimmick, and she was called the Demon's Thumb, a member of the Demon's <laughs> Fist? Yep. <laughs> she, she should rip that off. That was a cool costume. Apparently Percy had way bigger plans for uh, her that never happened. <laughs> the chat saying Flamebird? Yeah, I kind of agree, actually. I saw some, like, fan art online of Damien as Flamebird, and he had, like, kind of an orange trench coat set up that was reminiscent of his Batman suit, and I'm like, that's actually pretty slick. I've kind of always liked the idea, though, that Flamebird should be a female, because there's the Flamebird and Nightwing of, yeah, yeah. of like, Kryptonian lore, where one's a man and one's a female. Right, right. That'd be interesting. I mean, no one's doing anything with uh, no. Bet Kane recently. No just slip into the role but uh someone else i think said Redbird, which was a character he briefly became in batman inc when they were all trying out mm-hmm. different identities yeah yeah you could, you could go any any which way with it uh uh the chat saying demon yeah demon's not a bad code name being like hey i am renouncing the wayne in my name i am damien al ghoul again and I will go by the code name Demon as the Demon's head. He basically becomes the Batman that we see him in as the future. Yeah, the Batman 666, the shitty one. Uh, someone else said the Heretic. See, I was pitching Heretic because obviously that was the evil clone version of him that killed him in Batman. Mm-hmm. But then apparently someone else told me the Heretic actually came back and was the villain of that last Adam Glass arc. And I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> Though the heretic wasn't using the name the heretic anymore. The heretic was calling himself the other. He stole someone else's lame identity. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what we need. Just everyone trading identities back and forth. Yeah, they, they, they need to do an identity crisis issue where it's just them all just trying to figure out, like, okay, Who's who? Who, who wants this name? Who wants this name and who wants this name? <laughs> It's like, it's like a big divorce proceeding. Everyone has to decide who gets what. It's like that picture you see of like the, the that couple sorting through the Beanie Babies. But instead it's of Beanie that. Babies, it's names, code names. 
it's all the Robins sitting around all trading the names. Hey, but who wants to be Red Robin? No one's Red Robin anymore. No, no. Oh. <laughs> I never hated Red Robin. I never got people why they were upset that Tim became Red Robin. See, I never saw people getting upset about it. I saw people really liking it. I always saw it as a promotion. I'm like, yeah, he mm. is Red Robin like Dick is Nightwing. Yeah. I saw it as I think some people didn't see it as a promotion, like in the same way that Nightwing was a promotion. I don't see how, but okay. The chat is also spamming Red X now. Yes, yes, Red X was very cool in that Teen Titans show and then nothing else ever. Yep. <laughs> maybe maybe when people your age everyone starts writing comics, you'll get something with Red X, but I don't think anyone else really gives a shit about Red X who yeah. writes comics now. No, that's like something an edgy teenager would come up with. Which was literally the joke of it, because that was, like, the thing yeah. that Robin came up with to go undercover. Hey, speaking of shit characters came up with to go undercover, what about Renegade? That was a fun name that uh, <laughs> Dick tried out when he was trying to impress... Uh, oh, thank you, Pat Senior. When he was trying to impress Deathstroke and his daughter, maybe Damien should be the new Renegade. Yeah, well, and I guess that kind of makes sense as well. Fits. Yeah, yeah. It's he, a real he, good. He's, he's gone renegade rogue from the from Batman and his family. Literally, my only uh, note would be switch the color scheme instead of being red over black, make it black over red. Ooh yeah, because you know, uh, pay more homage to the Robin side. People saying in the states, Red Robin is a fast food chain. Yeah, I guess it is. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. They don't want to get sued or they don't want to remind people of the food chain. Red <laughs> Robin, yum. <laughs> oh, man, that's what we need, the fast food-themed superhero who just, like, throws burgers at people. Yeah, him and Condiment King team up. <laughs> I love it so much. I am the Red Robin and the Condiment King, and together <laughs> we pass out heaping bowls of justice. <laughs> man, I went to Wendy's yesterday, and they fucked up my order, like, so many ways. <laughs> I'm really mad about that. Can they can they go down there and get fast food vengeance for me? <laughs> I ordered a Baconator. They gave me a regular burger. Oh, and still charged me the full price. Oh, and as anyone knows, Yeah, and as anyone knows, the Baconator is like their most expensive sandwich, so I was quite upset. Motherfucker. Yeah, motherfucker. Come on. Come on, Tim. Get on this for me. <laughs> This is the thing, you know, Batman, I save the world, I stop injustice. Tim Drake, what do you do? Fast food-related stuff, mostly. Yeah, I, I got some Canadian guy, he's Baconator. <laughs> and he was so happy. It's, it's about the little things in the world, the little justices. Uh, all about the little justice. But, uh, so yeah, this Batman story, this should be cool. I guess it's officially now a must-read if you want to read that John Ripley Batman thing, if it starts here. Yeah, I'm glad they made, they're making it like a a must read as well yeah yeah totally not yeah. just throwing it in there no or throwing it away yeah and it begs the question too you know how much more 5g centric stuff are we going to see is this going to be the only thing they're trying to save or will there be more oh i, I guarantee you there will be more i'm i guarantee you there'll be more um jsa stuff because that was meant to come through generations as well and we're seeing that in like That's the flash true. and all that sort of stuff yeah, you're totally on to something with that. <sighs> Sorry, everyone. I haven't had my caffeine tonight. <laughs> I'm not yawning because the conversation isn't great. It is great. <laughs> uh, I guess from there we can move on to 
genuinely a really feel-good story this week, which I think we all needed. Marvel gives away over 300 Black Panther comics for free on Amazon in tribute to Chadwick Boseman. That, that, that's so cool. Like, again, that's just about every goddamn run that you can name in there, so that is just an embarrassment of riches as far as comics go. And uh, if I didn't own most of these already, <laughs> you better believe I would have been out there getting some of these but this is this is just a win all across the board it is it it's it's so good that they've put them out for, for free and um there, there's some some in there that i went and picked up that i i actually hadn't read like just like mm-hmm. sing, single issues and i'm like oh that looks really cool that's yeah, i was gonna say that did you pick up anything and if you did uh, what did you get uh let's go to comicology and yeah I'm, I'm going there right now myself to see what's going on uh, yeah, you can get the first uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, A Nation mm-hmm. Under Our Feet, which is the new stuff. So you definitely want to pick that out if you want to know what's up with the current Black Panther. That's definitely some stuff to get. The first Christopher Priest run is there, too, still considered by many to be the best run. Yes, yes. Like the Dora Milaje, all that stuff that you like from the movie. Uh, so much of that is in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, yeah, what else is free? Yeah, they they, oh, you they get, put a lot lot out for free. You got out. the newest one, the Intergalactic uh, Wakandan mm-hmm. Empire. That one's free. That's some of the stuff I picked up because I haven't read all that. And I wanted to read all that because I'm like, oh, Black Panther is space with like space Wakandans. That's so fucking awesome. You know what? I didn't read that either. So I think I actually need to go and pick <laughs> that up. Actually, add to cart. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you got a nice little smattering here of Black Panther books, and you know now is probably the best time as ever to get on in there. Absolutely. How to draw superheroes: an easy step-by-step guide is also free on Kindle. <laughs> I don't know if that's connected, but it's there. Black Panther: Soul of the Machine. That one's in there too. So yeah, just a just a nice smattering of everything from across all the different eras. Mm-hmm. Oh, Soul of the Machine was that one where they were selling the car. That was like that weird car crossover. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Oh, there's a novel, Hungry Gods, a superhero thriller. Oh, no, wait, that's not Black Panther, but made to look like Black Panther. Ah, uh, uh, they're capitalizing on it, are they? But it's also free, which, man, I'd be so bummed that I picked up some dude's shitty self-published book being like, <laughs> hey, when's Black Panther going to show up in this? <laughs> and then he didn't. Don't don't get that one, everyone. <laughs> I don't know if uh, Black Panther and Storm's Wedding is in there. It probably should be because that's a pretty solid one. Yeah, and it's a pretty big big moment for for both of their their, their histories. I imagine it is in there. I haven't looked through all of them because, as you said, there's like like over seven hundred. Yeah, there's a lot of ones to go through. But yeah, check that out on Amazon, everyone, if you have an account because that is just like so much good stuff. Mm-hmm to pick up right there the you don't get values like this very often where shit is literally free 99 yeah yeah and and and, um, like recent stuff as well very recent stuff like it would be one thing to be like yeah here's jungle action and a bunch of stuff from the 70s but no this is like new shit yeah uh all right what else do we got going on here uh oh keeping up with the avengers note which we have been all show long uh Black Widow apparently says that it has a brand new release date now of November 6th and that they're not moving, Matt. They're planting their feet in the sand and not moving. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'd say it will probably be released here because we, we, we're starting to get new movies like Tenant and New Mutants and stuff. Yeah. But, but like, yeah, 
I, I can't see it being released there in like the states or maybe even Canada or yeah. Europe or whatnot. It feels like wishful thinking. November sixth. <laughs> they say they're not moving, but I can totally see them moving. Now, obviously, you know, there's new stuff they can do now. Drive-ins and pop-up drive-ins have gotten very popular now. So maybe they can try and put something together for that. I, I, I know neither of us live in L.A., but Kurt, you know, who's a friend of ours who lives in L.A., says that Disney is actually going around with projectors now and doing pop-ups. And, like, yeah, obviously theaters aren't going to open because of the safety concerns, but also because, well, if Hollywood's not putting out new movies, then they're not going to open the doors for it. But an Avengers-centric movie, even, like, a, a Black Widow movie, was always gonna get butts in seats so maybe they hope where it's like by november maybe we can see and maybe we can try yeah yeah i i can see their reasoning behind it but i don't know if it'll, if it'll end up working out for them i i'm wondering yeah. if maybe though because uh was it friday uh mulan came out yes um uh, i haven't seen it yet because i'm Neither not paying I. fucking 30 dollars for it and um, also because I didn't like the last three or four live-action Disney movies. And it's so. going to be free in December on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. I could see them doing the same sort of thing, depending on if Mulan actually did very well money-wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like, I don't think they've released numbers yet for, for no. Mulan. They have not. But yeah, I would also be interested to see what the numbers on that one look like. Mm-hmm. Huh, because, you know, like, whenever a studio is putting out a movie, it basically seems like they're challenging you now to being like, hey, here's Tenet, here's New Mutants, here's Black Widow. Is it worth dying for? Well, yeah, is it? Which one of these is worth dying for? <laughs> which one of these is worth dying for? And I'm like, that's, I don't want to make that choice. Don't, don't make me make that choice, fucking movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it's an Avenger movie, and it is basically like, you know, our bread and butter as comic book YouTubers and everything, but is it worth dying for? Probably not. No. <laughs> Probably not. <sighs> and I mean, I hope I get to see it, and I hope it's good and everything, but yeah, mm -hmm. I just don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, even like, where, where I live, like, it's, it's relatively safe at the moment, like, but I'm Likewise. still very, like, especially for cinemas, I'm still very, like, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, there is actually a drive-in near my house, one of the few, like, you know, historic Ontario drive-ins, and, like, I would consider getting something like that together to go see it. I don't think there's a driving anywhere near me. Like, yeah. they're not, they're not a big thing here. No, they're a dying breed all over the world. Yeah. If he, if places even had them to begin with. But, I mean, we'll keep you posted as we get closer to November. Maybe maybe Disney knows something we don't, you know. Maybe maybe that vaccine really is just right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ho Mickey developed a cure, everybody. Oh, ho <laughs> They've been testing. Testing on Mickey. There you go. <laughs> In the park, yeah. Well, we, we tested on guys who looked like Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we unfroze Walt and tested it on him. Now that is going to be a fucking way you get butts and seats where it's like, hey, everyone, buy a ticket for Black Widow and get one coronavirus vaccine <laughs> with it. <laughs> get your Disney-branded corona vaccine <laughs> with purchase. <laughs> Tell you what, get the whole family, you get a small popcorn with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> or 
or the movie that starts like advertising itself where it's like we can't promise it's so good it'll uh, cure coronavirus but we're not saying it's not so good it won't cure coronavirus (laughs) how'd you like the movies oh it was a triumph you know a visual tour de force i'm pretty sure cured my coronavirus (laughs) how about you billy well you know it didn't cure my coronavirus but it cured my impotence though (laughs) Well, that's good. We didn't we didn't see that happening, but good for you, Billy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's your Black Widow news, everyone. I fucking hope we can all see movies by November, everybody. But the way things are going right now, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet money on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm still not going to the cinemas anytime soon. I, that's the other thing too, where it's like even when they tell us it's gonna be safe, it's gonna take us a while before we actually do feel safe. Me at least, because I'm well, genuinely paranoid. Yeah, no, well, yeah, I know some people. I know that there was a guy who went and he he got on a plane. He was in in the states. He got on a plane to go see Tenant twice in another state and came back and had to like self quarantine and everything just to see Tenant. I'm like, really, really? <laughs> yeah, I know it's a hell of a thing. Like, why would you risk that just to see a fucking movie? I mean, I, I think it's, like, also more than just that, too. Now it's, like, you know, the the chance at feeling normal. I guess so, yeah. Where it's, like, so many people just want to feel normal, even when it's, like, yeah, but if you do that, you could, like, not only kill yourself, but ki- kill a lot of people around you, too. Yeah. So that's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess with that done and out of the way, we can actually talk about what we read this week. I know we haven't done that for a while because we've had big specials and interviews and everything, but uh, some big comics came out this week. Some big ones did. Yeah, I guess we'll start with what was probably the biggest one. Do you want to talk about uh, Empire issue number six, the big finale? Yeah, yeah, the really cool finale that was kind of a little bit rushed. Yeah, yeah, you know, they were spinning a lot of plates, and yet by the end, they they just powered on through and finished every one, and there was stuff from the tie-ins we got to read that they paid off and stuff they paid off from tie-ins we didn't get to read that's what i I really liked about this issue is like like because i've been reading the fantastic four ones so like seeing like the fantastic four and kind of come back in like a big way and kind of be like one of the one of the catalysts as well for it was really nice uh i'm still perplexed that they cancelled the thor one considering he's the reason the war ends Yes, he has a new power now to control life because his mother is Gaia. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess that would have been, that would have been important. Oh, well, is he ever going to use this power ever again? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I I sincerely doubt that as well. Uh, uh, it, you know, it's funny. I, I like that Al Ewing built this thing where it's like, oh, what's going to kill our heroes first? The Death Blossom, the pyre that's going to blow up the sun, or these Kree and Skrull who are going to kill each other first? Yeah, there's it's like three fucking doomsday weapons that all, all go off within like a minute of each other. <laughs> yeah, and so we all got to get our shit together and we all kind of got to get out there and help out. And really, the tide starts turning when the... Krieg kid and the Skrull kid who are like embodiments of the war decide to stop fighting each other and you know see their common ground and that like has this ripple effect of everyone else coming together to you know uh, overcome the evils and weirdly Empire as cliche as it is it became a story about family right at the end because, like, everyone had these, like, weird soap operatic uh, family connections that they had to deal with. Yeah, well, and as well, it was, like, a story about, like, the next generation and, like, the hero, the, the children yeah. are the future. 
literally because like, like we have like hulking and like wiccan and mm. uh the these two children and val and franklin richards and like all these characters who are children of famous heroes mm. and uh families and stuff like that kind of getting center stage yeah, and, like, this whole, like, story about leadership, too, about how, like, uh, Teddy had to overcome his grandmother and prove that, you know, he was more than just a figurehead leader that he could lead and that he'd learned to be a good leader from the superhero community because, you know, leaders give of themselves and aren't afraid to put themselves in the line of fire like he does. And, uh, like, Black Panther gives him the sword back and literally says, you know, all hail the king, like, you know, one king respecting another. And I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty dope, actually. Yeah, he he earned his title as ruler, and I, I like at the end there that it's implied that he stays on as ruler. Yeah, yeah, that this Kree Scroll Union is gonna keep going, and I'm like, yeah, good, because that would feel cheap if you brought this together and then just blew it all up at the end. In fact, basically everything they build here is still intact by the end. Carol is still the accuser. Mm. Uh, the Kree and Scroll are still together. The accuser part really. Um shocked me because i i thought i i thought like oh it's gonna something's gonna happen where like she's gonna because we we know she can like regulate the power and stuff and kind of defeat the kree with um her uh, uh the, the defeat the Kotati with um the power that she can regulate through the hammer and i thought maybe oh the hammer's gonna get destroyed by like helping d- with the sun or something and she's gonna not have those powers anymore but yeah i guess that's maybe the new status quo for her now she's she's an accuser i've been reading her her tie-in and her tie-in's really good as well yeah yeah we get to meet her muscle-bound sister who's apparently (laughs) super fucking cool people are already saying when does she get a book (laughs) yeah 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 she's really damn cool (laughs) yeah i'll have to check that shit out now uh it's funny did you notice that uh ewing pulls the same trick here that he pulled at the end of uh no surrender where mantis goes into the invisible woman's mind and you know removes all her pain centers so she can like <laughs> use the full breath of her power and i'm like hey didn't scarlet witch do the exact same thing for the avengers at the end of no surrender oh you're 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 repeating yourself al ewing <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy like win situation sort of thing it really is uh, also too you know he implies bigger stuff for the hulk or she hulk that mm-hmm. we're still gonna have to deal with in the immortal she hulk book where it's like okay so she died became a plant monster died again saw the but door she's a, she saw the door and now she knows what it is where before she was denying and i'm like oh this is one of those throwaway lines that means nothing if you're not reading immortal mm-hmm. hulk but this means everything if you are reading immortal hulk yeah yeah they set her up perfectly for that yeah i'm really interested in that story uh What's some other cool stuff that happens here? Uh, Tony saves the day by using iron, and even he's like, okay, that's a little ironic. Yeah, yeah, a little on the nose there, Karma. <laughs> little on the nose there, Karma. Uh, Swordsman reveals himself, as we all knew, to be the true villain here and the true, you know, puppeteer of Sequoia, and Black Panther gets a great moment in there where it's like, oh, you're actually using your son as a human shield now. Okay, I thought you were an asshole. Now I know there's no Avenger left in you. I can feel cool about killing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I like... I haven't read his his tie-in. I read like the the, the Sequoia tie-in, which kind of gives a hint at that, where like it, you, you kind of see like his downfall, uh, Swordsman's downfall, where it's like the Katadi don't accept him because he was um, different. Yeah, he was human, and he, they see his human part like polluting them, so they basically get rid of that, which turns him into this cold, heartless monster. Mm, yeah, yeah. 
And uh, also, too, Sequoia is not redeemed by the end of <laughs> no, it. He, no, no. He, he still hates humanity, so I'm like, oh, so he's going to keep being a villain then. He's going to come back <coughs> and other stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually really like that. I like that for a moment you think like, oh, He's he's like he's he's gonna listen to his mother now and and mm-hmm. then then they trick you and they're like no he's like full on still believes what his father was doing he he believes his father was wrong in the way he went but he still believes in like the Katari like master race and yeah, all this yeah. sort of stuff so yeah that's pretty cool I uh, I didn't bring this up in my video and I feel like an idiot for not bringing it up because it's so obvious that this was always the story that they were going to tell where Sequoia's like, oh, you know, I was raised to be the Messiah. I would save the world. This is my holy mission to have plants rule over animals. Can't you see? And even though he was defeated here, he actually did help usher in a new era of peace and understanding mm-hmm. between the Krees, the Skrulls, the Earth, and everything there. He did end up being the Messiah, even if he didn't think he was, and even if it didn't happen the way everyone thought it would. Yeah, it happened in a different way, whereas, yeah, he, he as Reed says, like, at the end, like, like the whole galactic, like, there's been like landscape. a paradigm shift in 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 the galactic landscape now this is like huge and and earth mm-hmm. is at the center of it yeah john moxley came in and paradigm shift <laughs> all the aliens oh yeah AEW is now part of the marvel universe everyone in case you're wondering they came in and saved that they were the ones that like cap brought in there at the end with all the avengers it's like hey there's john moxley <laughs> <laughs> they did they did a run in and just did the beat down on sequoia they were hitting him with chairs and kendo sticks it was great <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it's funny, you know, usually when a, when a story like this ends, that's all you know about war and alien invasion, you feel kind of drained and everything at the end of it where it's like, oh, you know, we lived, we died, but oh, war is hell and we survived. This story actually had probably one of the happiest endings of any event in a long time. It did. It did. It's still technically not ended because we've got, still got the, the aftermath issues mm. that come out this week as well. Um, right. But yeah, it did like for all intents and purposes end on a really happy note. Which is funny because we were moments away from blowing up the earth three times <laughs> yeah. over. But now it's like, no, we, we good. We good, bro. Yeah, we good. Good. Everything. Everything was good. So yeah, Empire. Pretty solid little six issues. Very much unlike Marvel events that we normally get. No. Yeah. And again, that they did themselves a favor by having like all of like the war and battle and action stuff in like the the tie-ins and like like the Captain America tie-in, Captain Marvel tie-in, and all that sort of stuff. And having all of like the character moments and character development stuff in the six issues, it worked really well. Usually it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, man, this this event feels backwards. But then it's like, no, well, isn't that how it should always be? The character stuff and the actual meaty, substantial stuff be in the main book and the fighting and the action be in the side material? Yeah, and again, hopefully this is how they go forward now with their, their events. I, I don't know if they will, like, I, I guess, like, changing them up for variety's sake. But, like, but it works like this. It works. True. Because, I mean, how many times have you and I had an argument with someone in the comment section where they're like, well, I don't understand why X would do Y. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you have to read tie-in B to understand because they go on a big, long soliloquy to explain it. And it's like, well, that should have been in the main story then. It's not a good story if I need to read side material. Yeah, and now it's like the opposite <laughs> Now it's like, well, well, these were just people talking. Where was the action? Where was the war in the tie-ins? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was lots of fighting. We just didn't really see a lot of it. <laughs> but yeah, so that was Empire. Empire was all right. Yeah. 
what else did you want to talk about this week, Matt? Uh, we had Deceased at Planet Issue 3. Yeah, yeah, we did. Talk talk about another planet that's screwed multiple times over. We got zombies, now we got Amazos, and now the forces of hell are getting involved. <laughs> and can I say, I really enjoy that it's just not another series with just zombies as the, the villains. I like Agreed. that there's, like, 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 variety. Like, as you said, we've got, like, Penguin and his, like, cabal of billionaires and the, mm-hmm. the army of Amazos, as well as fucking Trigon coming and getting all upset because he's not getting a piece of this anti-life fucking pie. Uh, <laughs> l- leave it to Tom Taylor to open up the concept of the zombie apocalypse and actually find interesting new angles to it, where it's like, yeah, if you're a zombie, your mortal soul is still trapped inside your body so the forces of hell are upset they don't get to reap these souls <laughs> and if this keeps happening they're just going to wipe out all life on earth and start over yeah yeah they're, they're upset they're not getting um not getting their paycheck every week <laughs> i love that i love that a lot i'm also like oh cool you work trigun into a thing not enough stories work trigun and stuff <laughs> he does that quite a bit he did it in um injustice as well <laughs> I know, I know he did. That was cool. And then you got the evil billionaires club making Amazo androids because they're like, yeah, well, we're not just content surviving in the zombie apocalypse. We want to take over the fucking world. Yeah, and they're, they're surviving thanks to Floronic Man that got him hooked up to machines, make, forcing him to use the green to produce, like, food and supplies and stuff for them. Absolutely. This was a goddamn good week for Constantine, too, as Constantine is basically <laughs> the main POV character yeah. here, and Constantine gets another book we're going to be talking about this week, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this book, too, also ties it back to the uh, the Good Day to Die uh, one-shot that they did there, which I feel like a lot of people missed because they mm-hmm. thought it was a weird tie-in. No, it's actually very fucking important. Now. Again, Tom Taylor's bringing back all of these tie-ins all important all all important because yeah obviously mr miracle uh makes an appearance and i'm like how the hell did he survive his thing and they're like oh he's the world's greatest escape artist he survives anything <laughs> the, the the best excuse ever like you don't have to you don't have to explain it anywhere. it's like oh he's an escape artist he escaped yeah, I, it <laughs> i instantly went from hey that doesn't make sense to yeah okay that actually makes good sense good call <laughs> In the matter of seconds, and uh, the idea being that the cure for the anti-life equation resides somewhere on Darkseid's throne, and they need to go get it. But it's, I, I, I like, it's more complicated than just they need to go get it. It's the, this is what we could do to save the world, but how much are you willing to sacrifice after you've already lost so much if it means potentially saving the world? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because, like, we could just keep surviving the way we're doing like we have been doing, but we might all die anyway when the forces of hell come or the Amazo <laughs> androids come. So, like, what what are we willing to give up? Yeah, the, the, this plan only deals with one of those three, <laughs> three Things, doomsday yeah. devices, you know? <laughs> and considering that this is three of seven issues in, because there was a moment where I'm like, how are they going to fill this up for, you know, five more issues? And then I'm like, oh, okay, there's actually a lot you're going to be filling it up with. <laughs> Good, good job, man. Shut my mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's not just you know your normal like hero survive against zombies like um, uh, like Marvel zombies is. Yeah, it's uh, it's good shit. Yeah, keeps keeps going places I'm not expecting and bringing in characters I never would have considered. Yeah, yeah. Again, you never know what's gonna happen. You, you, no character is safe. No, they really aren't. Uh, what else did you want to talk to about, Matt, now that we got our zombie fill? Um, I had... What did I have? I had I had Justice League issue 52. 
I have dropped out on the Justice League, though I'm probably going to be coming back for these Death Metal tie-ins. What was this, what was the skinny on this one? This is the final one before the Death Metal tie-in. Right, um, so I it's, so. So it's technically the final issue of Justice League before what we can all agree will be a reboot. Yes. Um, so yeah, this is the ending of uh, the Garden of Mercy storyline. Did I talk about the first issue of this? I think you may have mentioned it, but yeah, they're they're dealing with the Black Mercy again. Yeah, they arrive on a planet that's basically one giant Black Mercy, and all of the the uh, the Justice League get caught up in the Black Mercy. But this is this is mainly a Batman centric uh, story, because we because mm. at the end of the last issue we went into Batman's version of of, of Paradise that the Mercy shows him, uh, and that shows him his zombified mother. Um, oh who the mercy pretends to be and trying to convince Bruce to give up on his promise and his mission to have a better life. And it shows him what it could be like where he gives up his life as Batman and Bruce Wayne becomes the hero and helps all his villains. And because of that, the justice league are no longer available and needed. So the world is like at peace. If he just gives up his, his role, um, of course he he keeps combating it and doesn't want to give up on on his mission or anything and they end up getting freed by wonder woman who is actually quite cool she uses the lasso of truth to show him the truth like because obviously oh, what I the like parasite that. shows you is not the truth um so they That's end up free it. it is it jeff loveness knows how to write these characters there's, I, I always hate when people don't use the lasso where it's like you could have gotten out of this if you used the lasso the way it's, it's supposed it's to the, be used. It's the best get out of jail free card and not many it people really use it. They never do. No. Um. So they end up getting free and they end up escaping back to Earth after defeating the Black Mercy. And the, the rest of the issue is just like uh, Clark and Bruce talking because obviously Superman has had uh, uh many many uh run-ins with the black mercy and this story actually relates back to the original one with alan moore um Ooh. because the the it's it's implied that the black mercy is actually part of the same hive mind that that mercy was from oh nice uh, call but now what wasn't i seen too that this issue we get to see what superman's ideal world is and it's the world we're living in now because like superman <laughs> is living his best life all the time yeah yeah the, this is where this plays in because he 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 knew bruce or something and he, he he relates to it by telling bruce the story he he had which is he had a life on krypton with a wife and child before marrying lois and everything all that sort of stuff and um he says it, it was like a drug to him where it's like he kept think after it, he kept thinking about it because he felt so real that it made real life feel like a lie and then he he realized that he needs that he can have a life and still be a hero he just needs to do it and that's what, what led to like him marrying lois and having a child and all of that and yeah that that that's when he realized that the life they're living now is the best life they have Aww. yeah and he, he and it's really cool he never he never once asks what bruce saw because like he knows it's doesn't matter it, right, it, it right. wasn't real in any way so it doesn't matter what he saw that's really cool yeah it was a really nice like two-parter story again jeff loveness he's been doing like really good work because he did like the last couple of issues of shazam before the final issue that jeff johns did he did yeah, this yeah, yeah he's, he's been like kind of doing like the fill-in work but it's been like good fill-in work yeah his uh, his one shots are pretty solid agreed mm -hmm. well that's nice 
Uh, but um, again, we were talking about Constantine before. Well, guess what? Constantine had a big week this week because Tom Taylor gave us Hellblazer Rise and Fall, his new Black Label title. I haven't read this one yet. It's pretty good, but I will forewarn you, it's nothing we haven't seen before. This is literally Tom Taylor being like, hey, if they let me write Hellblazer at Vertigo, this is what I would have written. That's what it felt like, because I did flick through it, and it felt like, yeah, this, is, this isn't this is anything game-changing. No, this is as classic Hellblazer as you can reasonably get. In fact, it's actually filled with a ton of different references to the long-standing history of Constantine, because, like, literally the first couple pages is we see Constantine being born and his mother dying, as we know is a big part of his origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor's name is Jamie Delano. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as in the original creator of Hellblazer. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Uh, the bar they drink at is called the Dylan. Get it as reference to Steve <laughs> Dylan, the artist and everything. <laughs> Which, honestly, you know, when we think about, you know, the great succession of Constantine writers, you know, we got great Brits, great Irish people, and now a great Australian taking the mantle. Isn't that fun? Yeah. If, you're, if you've been part of the British Empire and you're a great writer, everyone gets a stab at Constantine. It's the rules. <laughs> Has anyone Canadian written Constantine? I mean, hey, we were technically colonized by the British. Do I get a chance? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's probably been been someone. At some point, yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, Constantine, he's reconnecting with a friend from his youth who's become a cop and is, you know, dealing with a strange uh, set of murders. A bunch of fat rich guys have fallen from the sky with angel wings and impaled <laughs> themselves on church tops. Oh, uh, as you do. Again, classic Hellblazer shit is what it is. And uh, so, yeah, Constantine needs to come in and help them. And, you know, God and the devil and everyone else is involved, and it's a whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah, sounds sounds cool. Sounds, again, classic Hellraiser. It is, and because it's Black Label, he can smoke and he can swear, and they can say stuff where it's like, well, how come John didn't hang out with this woman anymore? Oh, because he stole her, uh, stole her boyfriend, that's why. <laughs> they can get away with stuff like that, and I'm like, all right, that's cool, that justifies it. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, this makes me miss Vertigo, and the fact that the only reason this story could z- exist in Black Label is because DC didn't take good care of Vertigo. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Also, wasn't there an ongoing Hellblazer book from Vertigo, and didn't they cancel that? Wasn't one of the many books they got just canceled? Yeah, just canceled it. That's so fucking weird, because this could easily have been that. In fact, if you told me, hey, Tom Taylor is going to be writing uh, Constantine Hellblazer in the new Vertigo, I would have picked that shit up right away. What do you think if that, what, do you reckon that might have been it? And they're like, oh, we're going to be canceling this book, so we'll just make your your arc a, a, a black label book. That'll sell the Black Label. I mean, I think they definitely announced this one as Black Label, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's like, hey, so we know you have this story in the bank. Well, we're just going to put it out as a Black Label now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, pretty solid. And again, a character that justifies being in Black Label. Again, yeah, it's a character that that black label should have been made for not batman people yeah, like that, like john john constantine or like doom patrol and stuff like that yeah that live in darker more fucked mm-hmm. up more adult worlds anyway so you barely need to change anything and you're just being more honest to the character yeah what a weird fucking ride constantine has had in the greater dc universe <laughs> it's yeah he's he's been part of like like literally part of big big dc events he's been part of like justice league dark a deceased all of this stuff mm. but yeah he's always just also just been on the fringes 
can't keep a solo TV show, but he's amazing on Legends. Can't keep a solo book, but he's great in Deceased and all this side stuff, Justice League Dark. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the secret. Like you have to do like a little bit of a solo story just to like set him up, and then just let him on teams and to interact with people and stuff like that. Has amazing animated movies that are outside the greater DC animated continuity, but then they make him the star of lackluster finales to the DC universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, so strange. And all I can think is hot fuzz from like he's not even from round here. He's from another universe. <laughs> they got folded in. That only occasionally hangs out with each other. Uh, as Louise saying, "Hey, India, better get a chance at writing Constantine." Agreed. Actually, yeah. What is the great Indian writer with a pitch for Constantine? Yeah. Has Constantine ever gone to India? There's a lot of oh, cool I'm magic sure. I'm sure. I am sure he has gone to India. <laughs> I mean, there's so much cool magic and mysticism there. This is, this is a fun thing. Constantine on vacation. <laughs> Constantine's dark arts vacation. <laughs> Coming soon. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? I uh, I only had two more books. Um, well, I had a book that I wasn't going to pick up. I, decided, I, I like read it and decided, oh, I'll pick it up. And people actually seem to really fucking love it. Uh, and that was the new Doctor Who crossover. Oh, who's he crossing over with? Um, well, it's it's a crossover with Doctor Who itself. It's like a big sort of event. Oh, um, like all the Doctors get to meet each other and ca- kind of yeah. But it's an event that's going to be covered in like live action stuff, um, comics, novels, audio books. I think there's like some live experience that's happening in the UK and stuff. But I think it's a oh, series wow. that you you don't need to like read it all to understand what's happening. Um, you can like pick up one one particular thing that'll follow one particular doctor or something. Um, Interesting. And yeah, the book the book's called Time Lord Victorious, and we we pick up with David Tennant's tenth Doctor, uh, right who's stuck in a time paradox, and he doesn't know what's going on, but he's being pursued by the Daleks, and the Daleks he thinks are, are trying to kill him, but as it turns out, they're actually trying to get his help. Um, because as we find out the, the Hond who are this old, old race from like the dark times and they're, they're, they're like stories you tell children to scare them before bedtime. Uh, they apparently have come back to life and are going around the galaxy, killing everyone. And they've started with the Daleks and the Daleks want the doctor to stop them because the, the doctor is the Daleks was the Daleks' biggest enemy, so they figure if they can get their biggest enemy to fight their newest biggest enemy, mm. they will be victorious. And right. I, I, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, there's audio plays here. They <laughs> they made a big deal because, uh, what is it, Eccleston is finally coming <laughs> back for an audio play for the first time. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, the best thing as well, like all of these, to my knowledge, are like in canon as well right that's cool oh so this is this is kind of like what they're doing with star wars this is kind of like yeah, uh yeah. like something like that where it's like it's a sequel it's an event but it's something we can only do in multimedia mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's pretty clever actually yeah and um i think yeah we, we're, we're getting more comics after this and i think again like i said i think it's so that it like you, if you want to follow the 10th doctor you can follow him here if you want to follow the the newest doctor the 13th doctor you can follow her here and that sort of stuff and you don't have to read all this because it's impossible to because mm. there's like some of it that's live action that you have to be in like england to see and there's like right, right. obviously not going to be happening for most people 
Oh, well, that's fun. That's yeah. a, I like them when they do fun stuff like that. Yeah, and Jodie Houser's writing the book, and she writes a really damn good Tenth Doctor, so much so that you can like huh. hear David Tennant's voice in what she says. You're like, I can hear him say that. He makes fun of the Daleks uh. and calls the Daleks' worst enemy staircases and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I know just enough Doctor Who to know that. Uh, did you, I just figured this out this week. David Tennant has a podcast. Really? Yes, David Tennant has a podcast where it's just like him interviewing his famous friends. Oh, really? So it's kind of like I, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast yeah. where he does the exact same thing. <laughs> but like famous ass British people, like apparently he did one with Dame Judy Dench that everyone was talking about. Where okay. it's like this motherfucker got Dame Judy Dench to sit down for a fucking podcast. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't listened to any of it yet, but I definitely put it in my Apple thing where it's like, yo, I gotta come back here and listen to this at some point. That's cool. Because David Tennant just seems charming. He is. He's really nice. How, mu- how much Doctor Who have I watched now that I'm thinking about this? <laughs> I watched all of Eccleston because that's where they told mm-hmm. new people to start. Mm-hmm. I watched all of Tennant, but then I didn't start the Matt Smith era. I think I started like the first episode of Matt Smith several times, but never actually finished it. <laughs> it's is different. It's very different. But I, I like I like that that Doctor. But I I do prefer Peter Capaldi's Doctor. I like a more That's serious Doctor. Saying. He's, he's yeah, really everyone's good. saying he's great. The new Doctor is kind of a mixed bag. It's shot really really nice. It like looks like a movie a lot of the I times. Did notice that. But um yeah, some of the stories for the new Doctor are kind of eh. I mean, such is long-running science fiction television. It's like, hey, do you have a mind-bendy space story every week? I do like the the, the twist they did with their, their... They brought back the Master, which is like like the Doctor's Lex Luthor. Um, yeah, that I know. Recently, and I, I like the actor that's playing him, Sasha Dewan. He's a really good oh, actor. Right on. Yeah, I've always, li- I've always liked the Master, because I'm always just like, hey, this is basically like what Rick Sanchez from, like, fucking Rick and Morty <laughs> yeah. could potentially be. <laughs> yeah. if, if, they were, if they were less of a nihilist, if they were just like, I'm going to be a straight-up supervillain. <laughs> now, when's that crossover going to happen? Rick and Morty meets Doctor Who, because oh, people God. have made the comparison <laughs> so many times. Don't give anyone ideas. Don't give Dan Harmon ideas. <laughs> Well, actually, here's the thing. Like in the, I think like in the first arc of the Rick and Morty comic, which is actually pretty solid, they meet a character called Doctor Clock, the Time Cop, and like that's <laughs> the joke where it's like they're wearing a funny scarf and a little hat, and like, oh, so this is just the Time Cop is literally Doctor Who, and Rick just flips him off and tells the Time Cop to fuck off and stop telling him how to time travel. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's it's pretty solid. <laughs> Yes, they did do a D&D Rick and Morty crossover, and those are really good, actually. <laughs> Written by a friend of the show, Jim Zub, everybody. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty sweet, actually, that uh, that there's some cool Doctor Who multimedia shit going on. Yeah, and people seem to fucking love it as well. Yeah. I, I was really it's... surprised, I'm thinking, oh, this is probably quite niche. But no, people people seem to really like it. I mean, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking here at the page now for where it's like, yeah, it's audio plays and escape rooms and everything. Mm-hmm. It seems really. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Really uh, diverse. Uh, d- diverse, but also like, uh, like they, like they put a lot on their plate there. Ambitious, ambitious. ambitious. It seems very ambitious. Mm-hmm. Again, it reminds me like Shadows of the Empire, Star Trek, yeah. Where, or yeah. Yeah, Star Wars, where it's like, hey, let's let's have a sequel, let's have something that's huge without needing to connect it to a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what else did I have this week? Oh, I had a uh, Wolverine number five. Oh, I'm like behind this one by two issues. 
uh, Wolverine fights Canadian vampires in the Ooh. Canadian uh, North Ooh, in is Thunder it, Bay. Is this like a like this was hinted at? Yeah, like the, in like the first issue, wasn't it? Yes, this is the continuation of the vampire story. Dracula and his people basically want to grab Logan and put him on ice so they can tap him like a fucking keg for his blood. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. It it does, and the idea being, hey, when vampires drink Wolverine's blood, they are able to walk in the day for like 24 hours. Oh, that's cool. Which is very good for them. They're basically all turned into, into daywalkers. And what's funny is that, you know, Wolverine breaks out and he kills them. And he's just like, well, why Why didn't you guys try to, harder to keep me hostage? And they're like, well, we already had what we wanted. We had 24 hours that we've never had before to get so much shit done to build the vampire nation to, to newer heights to where we can basically challenge Krakoa eventually. And we knew if we kept you kidnapped for too long, Wolverine, the mutants would come looking for you. <laughs> and that's smart. That's smart. Very very smart like dracula explains his plan i'm like this is the most fucking pragmatic plan i've ever heard <laughs> and we've kidnapped so many canadians from these northern towns and turned them into vampires and set them loose on the border in america so like our numbers are going to be growing huge in north america in no time <laughs> and the, the the whole vampire thing that that jason aaron set up with his avengers and that's obviously continuing here is it's just so mm. cool it's so fun it's really paying off, too, where it's like, yeah, Krakoa changed the rules so much that all these other nations are rising in defiance <laughs> of it, and the Vampire Nation is one of them. Yeah, and I, I love... Are they still based out of Chernobyl? Uh, so far, but they're moving around Canada at the moment. Nice. And I did love all the Canadian references, like he's in some fucking dead-end mining town in Thunder Bay. Which one? Pick one. <laughs> They're all the fucking same. The the true amazing moment in this that will live forever is that to fight the wolf, uh, to fight the vampires, instead of having like one little st uh, stake to stab them in the heart, he cuts down a bunch of trees and makes giant stakes to put on a snowmobile so he can drive <laughs> through them. That is such the most Wolverine thing to do. It's the most Canadian thing I've ever seen. I'm like, he weaponized a snowmobile. This is the coolest shit ever. <laughs> Next, he's going to be weaponizing Molson cans and throwing that at them. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's pretty dope. And then at the end of the book, he either gets recruited by Thor to have an Asgardian adventure or he gets taken to Fortnite. I'm pretty I sure don't... that's what it was because uh, I saw the page. I'm thinking, oh, fuck, am I going to have to read this Fortnite fucking tie-in now? <laughs> I had a chance to do that first Fortnite book from Donny Cates, and I'm like, no, Joel refuses. That's what's, that's what's really like, like, like I'm torn because it's like it's this fucking Fortnite. I don't give a fuck if Wolverine's going to be doing the fucking like, fucking floss or whatnot. But um, on the other hand, I'm like, it's written by fucking Donny Cates though. <laughs> So it could probably be pretty good, and also it'd probably get a lot of views because like that last uh, that last Thor book that kind of tied into it with him fighting Galactus and everything. I got so many Fortnite kids commenting mm. on that one. It's like, mm. where's the Fortnite? But where's the Fortnite? Is this connected to Fortnite? What about the Fortnite? I'm like, kids, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I needed to go Google it. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to have to bite the bullet now and have to do that if if, if it's going to tie into that. you know, Because I didn't think it would tie in that far. <laughs> Apparently it does. If I did do it, I'd maybe wait till it was over and I'd maybe do like a bigger like history centric video like the history of the Marvel Universe and the Fortnite Universe because I know they've technically like 
crossed over already because Thanos was in there and the Infinity Gauntlet and like all this other shit. Uh, is that is was that the world that Donny Cates hinted at at the end of that Thor book? That that was that was like Thor Thanos getting the victory royale. Uh, may I, I didn't think so but maybe now maybe matt you've just sent me into a fucking existential tailspin right now i'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight i'm just gonna be thinking about that 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 that, that page was like seconds before it, thanos like dabbed on thor and killed him <laughs> thanos wins chicken dinner yes i know that's a different series but still god damn Great, now that's going to rattle around in my head. I hope you're happy. <laughs> uh, I had one last book this week. I was actually able to get through most of what I read this week, which was cool. And what book was that? Uh, that was Miles Morales' Spider-Man. And how's that been? Uh, we're still doing Outlawed, which is hilarious. Yeah, oh, wow, Be- that's still going on? <laughs> yeah, because of the virus, these books got like so fucking far apart now that like even I forgot when I was reading it... Uh, but it's not a big part. That's the good thing is that, like, Outlawed is happening in the background, but it's not taking over the main story. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Miss Marvel book will deal with it more. I don't know. That mm-hmm. book hasn't come out in a while. We still need to see what's going on there. Yeah. But uh, basically, some dude broke into Miles' house dressed as Spider-Man, and at first he thought it's just like, oh, this guy's just fucking with me. Oh, no, wait. He moves like me. He can stick to walls. He has spider sense. He can venom blast. Uh Oh, this might be my clone. Oh, no. (laughs) I know. It's like another Spider-Man clone. But it's more interesting, though, because this spider clone we discover is actually connected to the assessor, this weird gray-skinned man who kidnapped Miles before and tried to, like, categorize his power... And he said, oh, yes, test subject 0024. And it's very clear he's talking about the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, I was going to say, because, yeah, that's coming back, obviously, in Venom uh, with yes. what Donny Cates is doing there. And, yeah, I, I was wondering if they were going to, like, bring stuff from the Ultimate Universe back into, like, Miles's book. Yeah. Oh, they've been doing it for a while. And yeah, this is yeah. The chicken's really coming home to roost because the big twist here is that the assessor and his goons just aren't after Miles because of his connection to the Ultimate Universe. They're after his parents and his new kid sister, too. Okay. Because they're technically from there as well. And I'm like, ah, now it's all coming together. Mm. And that's basically the issue. There's some side stuff with, like, Gank and a bunch of the other kids having, like, a sit-in strike against the agents of Cradle who are trying to get kids to sign pledges to be like, hey, if you see any other student uh, exhibiting superhero behavior, you pledge to turn them in, right? (laughs) And the kids are like, no, you jackbooted thugs. Get the fuck out of our school. And Cradle's like, damn it, I thought policing and bullying kids would be so much easier. Get the tear gas. (laughs) They're, they're so transparently evil, Cradle. It's funny. <laughs> I kind of love how transparently evil they are. Hey, remember that new Warriors thing that was supposed to come in and be a tie-in to oh, all of yeah. this, too? Holy shit, yeah. That awful, it, awful new team. Yeah, which, was was it awful on purpose? I don't know, because the book hasn't come out. Yeah, holy shit, I completely forgot about that. Maybe maybe it's better it took forever to the, for that book to come out. Maybe now people can actually kind of uh, enjoy it and see if it was a joke or not because Pe- it's so People will just removed. forget about it and it will sell awful, but I imagine it might it'd probably end up being pretty good because, yeah, we talked about it and how it was written by it was written by Jim Zell. Ki- no, Kibble Smith. Kibble Smith, that's right. And, um, yeah, we were talking about how, like, 
it's it could definitely be a joke and that like that's the joke that they're like this like corporately mandated like fellow kids sort of bad team yeah Yeah. who are literally put together to fight the champions who we like yeah yeah and go after them that yeah they're the corporately mandated in fact they might have been created in tubes we don't know because so many of these characters are new uh yeah actually let me look at this now because yeah the miss marvel book was supposed to be a big deal and because solid and amid is writing both okay so 14 got moved to september so it will be coming out at some point okay yeah yeah this fucking pandemic just like threw all of those things that were coming out into disarray except for like empire which came out like relatively on time very much on time yeah it's finished so yeah (laughs) that's that's shocking yeah yeah, I, I feel like maybe they didn't know what to do with some of these titles. It's a hell of a thing. But I'm glad it's finally coming out. Mm-hmm. Now that we can finally see what's going on with them. Because, yeah, it felt weird with no uh, Miles and no Miss Marvel for the longest time. Yeah. I guess none of us read uh, that new Black Widow book that came out this week, did we? Uh, I, I I wanted to, but I'm like, ah, it's yeah. like, I, like, I was kind of shocked that she still had, like... A number one coming out because i remember they had that series not too long ago that started yeah i uh i know i my idea was it's like oh i got a light week maybe if i'm able to finish all my books i'll come back and i'll talk about black widow maybe i should move it close to november now because now we know that's when yeah. the movie comes out yeah i mean i kind of want to read it because it's kelly thompson that's writing it isn't it yeah and it's getting good reviews yeah yeah and she's doing like really good stuff on captain marvel at the moment yeah, most definitely. It looks fun. I mean, the problem with Black Widow is that she's one of those characters where she'll always get a series, but it never lasts long. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually, like, pretty good. Because, like, the last Black Widow series I read, which was the uh, Mark Wade one, was really damn good. Yeah. Wade had a good one. Uh, yeah, quite a few people have had really good Black Widow runs mm. that kind of rise and fall. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's everything I read this week. Did you have anything else? Or? I got one more. Okay. And that is the final issue of Shazam. Oh, shit. See, I I fell off. I'm like, I should read this, and then I'm just like, nah, my heart's already broken, but do tell. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so, uh, like, we got, obviously, the Jeff Loveness, like, uh, like brief Villains. fill-ins, and this is the return to, like, that, that, the uh, the story where the, the Shazam family were fighting the... Um, uh, monster the monster society in in philadelphia not only that but it's prime time because superboy prime shows up um yeah who's supposed to be a big deal and now who gets kind of put right here at the end yeah yeah well he's gonna be a big deal this week because he's in trinity crisis coming up oh that's right fuck is that is that why they finally had to finish shazam to be like I no because so. we're using him in something else <laughs> i fuck. feel like it i think so <laughs> um, uh that mu- jeff johns must feel so dirty oh we'll, we'll <laughs> let you do one more issue of shazam why because this character's in it <laughs> um so while uh billy is shrunken down and gone into his father's head to defeat mr mind because mr mind was controlling his father um the the Shazam family have to deal with not just the Monster Society, but Superboy Prime, and right. they who and they don't know who Superboy Prime is, and that obviously makes him not. super fucking angry because <laughs> he's his own biggest fan. Um, so much so that Black Adam comes and ends up fighting him, uh, oh. and a- ends up working with the Shazam family and Shazam to fight uh, Superboy Prime. There's like really cool scenes near the end of the book where Shazam and Black Adam team up to fight Superboy Prime. Cool. Um, 
And yeah, the book ends with um, CC getting his powers taken away from him, but not only that, his memory as well. Oh, well, um, I guess they have and to do that. There's this such a fucking heartbreaking scene where like CC, he has no idea who Shazam is or anything. So Shazam, mm. like, so Billy plays it as like, oh, I'm just the local hero helping you, and he asks about the man's son and the man's like i don't give a fuck about my son my me and my oh. me and my ex like got rid of that kid as soon as we fucking could all oh, that sort of stuff no. so yeah B- billy is just like left like heartbroken but of course he has his family he has right. his shazam family who, who come and look after him um that, yeah that's that's where that story would have gone yeah that yeah sounds about right. um the end of the book is like a lot of like it felt like it needed one more issue because there's like a lot of like pages that are just like boxes of dialogue that's like oh and the family live happily ever after superboy prime is taken to the justice league and imprisoned and and um uh black adam ends up like befriending the shazam family and becoming the seventh champion becoming the seventh wow what a great series with a great ultimate conclusion that got killed before its yeah. time Fuck. i think if it had one one more issue it could have just like expanded all this because all of this happens in like the last four pages that's that's fucking heartbreaking that is a goddamn shame I mean, if they're lucky, maybe he'll get another mini series closer to the when that new movie comes out. But still, just fuck. Yeah, I, I am glad that Jeff Johns got to finish telling his story because I know there was time there where rumor was going on where he wasn't. It was just going to end on that Jeff Jeff Loveness issue. It was just going to yeah. end. But yeah, I guess like yeah, he got to finish his story. But yeah, I just wish one more issue just to sort of expand on all this stuff. What a what a missed opportunity! But such such as DC's relationship to both the character of Shazam and Jeff Johns, we love you until we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it all depends on who's in charge that week. DC Comics is the CC Batson of companies. I don't care about my fucking son. Get out of here. We're gonna dump you again. See you again when you got that movie money. I guess. A little prick. Uh, well. I'm glad it had mostly a good ending, though. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a bittersweet ending, but it was like kind of hopeful. Still had that hopeful like sort of ending note. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's definitely worth revisiting for people mm-hmm. who like Shazam. It was pretty, pretty solid. Eighteen issues, nineteen issues. Uh what was it? It was um, uh, it was th- fourteen. Real? Wow! So I gave it even more issues than it actually had. Fuck. That's why. That's why I'm also kind of like peeved. It didn't get that fifteen, so you could have three volumes, three equal volumes. Damn! Damn it all. <laughs> well, everyone, on that note, I guess we'll start winding down the show. Thank you for coming and watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Uh, if you're a patron, you'll get to see this episode in both audio and video form before anyone else over on the Patreon page. Uh, for everyone else, it's Wednesday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find us here live Sunday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> most of the time, unless anything goes wrong. Uh, anything planned for the week, Matt, uh, that you want the people to know about? More Avengers, and literally Chris is asking if either of us are going to check out Ultraman that comes out this week from Marvel. I definitely am depends how many new comics i have again i always i always leave stuff like that for the end uh so if i can't fill the whole week i'll give it a look but i'll try to read it so we can talk about it on the show if nothing else well i was looking at this week i've got a pretty short week but like i've got four new number ones (laughs) 
Right. Oh, really? What uh, new number ones? Well, Ultraman, uh, Trinity Crisis, and the two mm. Avengers uh, Empire Aftermaths. Right. Okay. Yeah, I wondered what kind of week this is looking like. Does Does X of Swords start this week or next week? I know it was early September. I didn't see it in there. Okay. I didn't, unless, it, unless it's, like, hidden away. <laughs> Did we have to read the new co- or free comic book day issue? Did that have oh, something fuck. to do with it? <laughs> I don't know. Because... <laughs> Because I had the digital free comic book day issue for X-Men. And I'm like, is this is this important? I don't know if this is important or not. I'll hold on to it if it is. I'll just put it out just before I put my new video out. <laughs> yeah, that's my idea where it's like I got to read it just so I know what the fuck is up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, then, everyone. We'll start winding the show down. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. And we'll be back again before you know it. Same comic multiverse time. Same comic multiverse place. See you, everyone. Bye-bye.